0: Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. Some closing thoughts as we round out the week this week. And I want to go uh, back in history just a little bit. Okay, a lot bit. We're going to go back to the first inaugural address from 1789. Uh, George Washington said that he hoped that the foundations of our national policy will be laid in the pure and immutable principles of private morality. Uh, John Adams added, it is religion and morality alone which can establish the principles upon which freedom can securely stand. And of course, it was in a letter to the Massachusetts militia that Adams also added uh, the famous phrase that our constitution was made only for a moral and a religious people. Uh, We talked yesterday about the importance of language and words and how It is our words in which we create trust, uh, and we make promises. Uh, So there's a lot of things we say that were just our declarations, but when you make a promise, you're actually creating something, an expectation, a deliverable, and having that integrity uh, to do what you say you're going to do uh, is the essence of trust, and it's really the foundation of so much of what happens in our society. And, And so in the absence of that kind of public morality, the, the freedoms framed in the Constitution are, are really a lot of window dressing. And in, in both Washington and Adams, uh, they were invoking uh, the, the Latin phrase, sine qua non, without which there is nothing, the without which part, uh, connecting the essential nature of that religious liberty and public morality to freedom in the American Constitution. Uh, in the absence of that, uh, everything falls apart, and especially in an era where trust is so low uh, that we we have to change that, we have to recognize that. And down through the years, uh, it's really been this uh, increasing blunt force and brute strength that the secular, secular world has attempted to attack and dislodge uh, religion, morality, all of those things from the public square. And not just here in America, governments around the world have altered, limited, targeted uh, religious liberty, religious freedom, religious institutions of all kinds. And I I think it's important for us to to go back and recognize uh, the keys uh, of what that means and what that means for each of us as we interact. And it doesn't matter whether you are a person of faith, a person of no faith, uh, part of a religious group or no religious group. Uh, I think these things are all so interconnected uh, in, in terms of what it means. And th- there's a lot uh, going on around the world in terms of those uh, religious freedoms uh, that are under attack in so many different places. And we know that uh, President Dallin H. Oaks of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was in Rome uh, recently, uh, spoke there on the the need for uh, faith in the public square and that trust uh, in institutions. Uh, one of the things that he had said in the past he said, the problem of educating the public and especially the rising generation needs to be addressed on a front wider than preaching, lobbying, and litigating. Uh, and so often that's kind of what we default to when it comes uh, to questions of religious liberty or faith in the public square. Uh, someone being able to bring their whole authentic self into the workplace uh, is, is so important. And it's part of having that uh, society where we can value the differences. We can respect one another uh, regardless of what we believe or what we don't believe. And so I think it's, it's important and it's interesting to, to look at you know how this all plays out uh, in the public square. And while the foundations uh, of our country has historically supported faith, and that religious impulse, um, more and more they're being marginalized in in a very secular world and derided and even banished from the public square. And sometimes it's in places that should be even more tolerant, places uh, like college campuses where free speech and thought and questioning uh, should really flourish. And sometimes it's in those very places that if you don't agree with whatever the current thinking is of whatever group is in charge, uh, then you're banished. And And I have often said that one of the things that worries me about the future of our constitutional Republic is when we lose our curiosity, when we lose our ability to say, well, I wonder, I wonder why she thinks that way, or I wonder why he thinks that's the the best way to solve that problem. Or I wonder why they think this is a, a good way uh, for, an issue to be solved at the federal level instead of at the state or the local level? Uh, Those are all great questions, and we have to be curious uh, about those and why people think that way. Rather than just assuming we have the answer or we are the answer, uh, rather than asking ourselves the question, you know, could I be wrong? (laughs) Uh, I think those are, are things that we have to get to. Uh, but it's so easy, and we see this particularly on social media. Uh, you know, you can make wild claims, and then you could be 100% wrong. And then an hour later, you know, you're making a different claim. Uh, and, you, and you've and you never gone back to address the fact that you totally missed the last one. It's so easy to do that. As opposed to questioning, well, I wonder why I was so wrong on that. <laughs> or, man, how did I miss that one by a country mile? Uh, and believe me, I do that every day. Uh, as I look through and try to figure things out, I'm often looking at, man, I, I miscalculated that or, oh, man, I didn't see that part coming. And those are important questions. That's actually where learning happens. And if we lose our ability to ask those questions of ourselves and of other people, uh, then, we, then we're then we really stuck in the, in the bubble. And nobody in the bubble can be part of the solution. So... If you want to be part of the solution, you have to be authentic and you have to be courageously vulnerable. And none of us like to be wrong. I think we all like to be right. But it's okay to be wrong. And it's okay to say, I made a mistake. Or man, did I read that wrong? But that takes a, a different kind of approach to all of this. And you've heard me say it before on this program that another one of those threats, it threatens curiosity and our democracy, uh, but it's also that instant certainty that if you have to have the instantly certain take on whatever the issue is, uh, that that's a dangerous space to play it. It's much better to say, well, I, based on what I have now, this is what I think. And if the data changes, if the reality is revealed to be different than what you thought, it's not wishy-washy to say, I'm going to change my mind on that political policy. That's actually a good thing. But what happens today is, is rather than saying, wow, that person evolved or changed or they learned something. I'm telling you what I want in my elected official, I want someone who's constantly learning. Because if they're the same person they were when they were first elected into office, I think that's a bad sign. If they're still certain about everything, I think that's a bad sign. I think we need more leaders who can be courageously vulnerable and either say, I don't know, or tell me more. Where I've always wondered why. It's a different conversation than just pounding out tweets and making social media point posts, but that's where we got to get. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that
1: makes a difference.